read verses 14 through 16. Now, I kind of briefly referenced uh, this passage a few weeks ago in one of my sermons. Uh, but we're going to talk about the story of Esther in a little more detail this morning. It's a great story. And it's really one of those stories in Scripture that you really need to kind of read the whole thing. Now, if you've never read through the book of Esther, I would encourage you to do so. It's a relatively short book. It's only uh, ten chapters, so it's a pretty quick read. But it's a great story. Now, there are several great stories in the Bible. I think about the story of Joseph in Genesis when his brothers uh, are jealous of him and they sell him into slavery. I think about the story of David and Absalom as Absalom is trying to overthrow David. Those are just a couple of examples, but there are a few really good stories in Scripture. And in those stories, you really need to, to get the whole story to appreciate and understand exactly what is going on. Some of the stories we see in Scripture... You need to hear them all at once to really appreciate them. Now, there are verses maybe in those stories that you could pluck out and you could teach on or you could preach a sermon on. But, the, but the, the, the real greatness that comes from these stories is all of the details that surround them. And Esther is one of those stories. Now, the book of Esther is an interesting book because it is the only book of the Bible that nowhere ever mentions God. God is not mentioned throughout the whole book of Esther. But even though God is not directly mentioned, it's easy to see that God is at work in this book. We see things that are taking place and things that occur and things that happen that you can see that God has a hand in. Now, we're going to read verses 14, 15, and 16 this morning. But then I wanted to take a few minutes to kind of tell you the story of Esther. Now, I'm going to hit the high points, and again, I would encourage you to read it for yourself. But if you've never heard this story, I want you to listen to it as we, as we talk about it in the next few minutes. So let's read this verse, these verses, and we'll pray, and then we'll jump into the story of Esther. Esther chapter 4, verse 14. If you keep silent at this time, liberation and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place. But you and your father's house will be destroyed. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and assemble all the Jews who can be found in Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, day or night. I and my female servants will also fast in the same way. After that, I will go to the king. Even if, if it is against the law, if I perish, I perish. Let's pray. God, we come to you this morning, and I thank you that we can come and be in this house, dear Lord. I pray that you would bless the time that we have to study and look at your word and the life of Esther and the others in this story. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us, God. I pray that you would just help us to open our ears and open our eyes and open our hearts, God, to hear what you may want to speak to us today. And I pray that you're glorified in this place. I pray that you keep us safe from this virus. I pray that you keep our, our county safe, our, our community safe, our other church members, dear Lord. Just keep this church body safe, God. And I pray, dear Lord, that no matter what we do, in the midst of a virus or the midst of good times, God, that we would be one who would stand for you and be a light for you to the world. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so to understand these verses a little better, let's talk about what's going on in the book of Esther. 
Now, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the first time we met outside, we talked about uh, the, the northern kingdoms of Israel and the southern kingdoms of Israel. The ten tribes that were uh, made up Israel to the north and the two tribes that made up Judah to the south. Now, because of their disobedience, God had allowed the Assyrians to come in and then the Babylonians to come in. And in the northern tribes' case, they were uh, pretty much completely scattered because of the Assyrians. And then later the Babylonians came uh, to the southern two tribes of Judah and took them into captivity. Now they were scattered as well, but a lot of those were taken uh, into captivity by the Babylonians. Now after the captivity was over, some of the Jewish people uh, began to make their way back to Jerusalem. We see that in books like Nehemiah where they're attempting to rebuild the wall and eventually rebuild the temple. And the book of Esther takes place in that same time period. After the exile to the Babylonians, that's when the book of Esther takes place. Now, these Jewish people in this book are in the area of Persia. You may have heard of the Medes and the Persians before. Uh, they were a little further to the east of, of the Babylonian Empire. So if you have uh, the land of Israel, uh, Jerusalem, which is right by the Mediterranean Sea, you go a little east of that, and then you got to what was the land of the Babylonians, and a little further east of that, you would have come to the land of the Medes and the Persians, who were pretty powerful at this time. So some of the Jews had made their way back to, to Jerusalem, but there were some Jews who were here uh, under the control, if we can call it that, of the king that's mentioned in the book of Esther. Now the king in the book of Esther, his name is Ahasuerus, or some of your translations may say Xerxes. It's the same person. Two different names, but it's the same person. And so the kings of the Medes and the Persians was one day throwing this large party. Everything was going well. And he decided, look, I want my queen to come so that I can show her off. His queen's name was Queen Vashti. And so he summoned for Queen Vashti to come. He wanted her to come so he could show her off to all of the people at the party and show how beautiful she was. She was a beautiful queen, and he couldn't wait to show her off. Now, some of you men may understand that. Some of you men, probably all of you men, love to show off your wife. You want people to know, this is my wife. I remember once talking to Mr. James Stevenson. Uh, we were talking about, we were somewhere, and he said something. Uh, Jackie was there, and he said, this is my wife to somebody. And he looked at me and said, that sounds good, don't it? To say to somebody, this is my wife. And all of you men probably would agree to that. You, you look at your wives and they're beautiful and you are proud to tell people, this is my wife. Now this king here, he wanted to show off his wife. He wanted everybody to know that Queen Vashti, this is my wife. Look at how beautiful she is. But there was a problem. Queen Vashti would not come. Whenever he summoned her to come to the party, she refused to come. Now, the king was furious because of this. And so the king went to his advisors and he said, what am I to do? And his advisors said, well, you have to appoint a new queen. You can't allow her to have her way. If other queens see this, they may revolt against their kings. If other women in the kingdom see this, uh, they may not listen to their husbands. So you must, you must get rid of her as queen and appoint a new queen. So all the young ladies of the land began to do everything they could to become beautiful. Boy, they started going through all of these treatments, probably much like women do today, getting their skin real soft, getting their makeup just right, getting their hair looking good, everything they could do 
They wanted to look beautiful. And the king, if we can call it this, was going to have a beauty pageant for all of the young women in the land that they were going to come. And he was going to look upon them and he was going to choose for himself who was going to be the next queen. And this is where we're introduced to Esther in the story. There was a young Jewish girl by the name of Esther. And her parents had died and she had been raised by her cousin Mordecai. And Mordecai told Queen Esther, he said, look, you need to go through this beautification process and you need to make yourself beautiful and you need to go before the king and present yourself with the other young ladies. He said, but don't make it known that you're a Jew. Don't tell him anything about that. Just get yourself looking beautiful and go before the king. Well, lo and behold, of all the young women in the land, can you believe who the king picked? You already know, don't you? It was Esther. When the king saw Esther, he was amazed at her beauty. She was the most beautiful one he had seen, and he called her to be queen. Now, as soon as Esther became queen, there was Mordecai, her cousin, and he was often at the city gates. He was often at the gates of the king, as the scripture tells us. And one day he heard two of the king's servants, and they were plotting to assassinate the king. Well, Mordecai kind of had a little bit of an end with the queen. He said, hey, look, I heard of this assassination attempt. Two of the king's men, they're going to attempt to take his life. So Esther takes this information that she's just gotten, and she goes to the king, and she says, look, king, two of your men are going to kill you. And they investigate the matter, and sure enough, they find out that these men are guilty. They're guilty of the assassination attempt that, is, uh, that they are planning to take place, and the king hangs both of them. And it says that the events of Mordecai were reported in the king's book. That will come into play a little later in the story. And after all of these events took place, it wasn't long after that that the, that the king had a man by the name of Haman. And the king made Haman his highest official. And everyone in the land bowed to Haman. Everyone in the, in the land honored Haman except for one. There was one in the land who would not honor Haman, who would not bow to him. And that one was Mordecai. Well, this infuriated Haman. Oh, he was so angry. Haman was kind of a proud guy we see through the story of Esther. He liked the power. He liked the pride. He liked the recognition. And boy, he was angry when Mordecai would not bow to him. And so he talks to his friends and they said, look, you've got to do something about this. And so he says, I'll show Mordecai. Not only will I destroy Mordecai, but I will destroy all of the Jewish people in this land. So Haman goes to the king and he says, look, king, there are foreigners among us. Their laws are different than ours. You don't need to have them among us. They could be our ruin. And Haman told the king, he said, look, you've got to do something about it. So on this particular day that Haman had picked, he said, on this particular day, we need to destroy all the Jews. And the king said, okay. The king signed off on it. He says, so be it. And so the plan is put into place. Haman's plan to not only kill Mordecai, but to kill all the Jews is put into place. Well, Mordecai gets word of this. And Mordecai is, is brave. He's terrified. After all, who can stand before the king? How will they be able to stand against uh, the king's army? Well, they won't be able to. So Mordecai goes before Queen Esther. And he says, oh, Queen Esther, we've got a problem. We've got a problem. Haman has come up with this plan and he attempts to kill all of the Jewish people, all of your relatives. 
You've got to speak to the king, Mordecai says. You've got to speak to the king on behalf of your people so that we may be spared. And Esther said, I can't go before the king. Esther said, it's, it's illegal to go before the king unless the king has summoned you and called you to come in. She said, the king has not summoned me. If I go before him, I might die. And this is where we see these verses that we read this morning. After Esther responds to Mordecai, he says, If you keep silent at this time, liberation and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place. Now, Mordecai believed that the Jewish people would be delivered, even if Esther would not be the one who would step up and do it. And he goes on to say, But perhaps who knows? Maybe you've been, been placed here as queen for such a time as this. Maybe God has put you in this place at this time to do this work for him. Maybe you're the one that God has chosen to do this work at this time. But if you won't do it, but if you won't do it, deliverance will come from someone else. Now think about that for a second. Do you know that God wants to use you? All of those of us who are children of God, who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, God wants to use us. And we are all in different places at different times. Whether we are at school, whether we are at work, whether we are at church, whether we are in the grocery store, wherever it may be, we are around people all the time who are part of a lost and dying world who need to know of God's love and God's grace and God's truth. They need to know the Word of God. There are times in this, in this life, there are times in this world where we as God's people need to stand firm on God and we need to speak up for God and we need to defend God. And there's probably opportunities in every one of our lives that if we look long enough, we can look back and say, you know what? Here's an opportunity that God placed in my path that He wanted me to serve Him. Here's an opportunity that I had to do the right thing for the Lord. And on some of those opportunities, you may look at it and say, yep, I did the right thing. I did what God wanted me to do. There may be other times that you look back and you say, boy, God wanted to use me there. I had an opportunity there, but I didn't allow God to use me. I wasn't obedient to it. Now, as Mordecai said to Esther, he said, look, Maybe you've been here for such a time as this, but if you choose not to do this, if you choose not to act, if you choose not to be the one to speak, God will bring deliverance by someone else. Now, God could use someone else to do something that he's called you to do. But wouldn't you rather be the one that did it instead of someone else? Wouldn't you rather stand before the Lord when the day of judgment comes and God says, boy, I remember this time and this opportunity came in your life that you had a chance to speak into somebody's life, to love on somebody, to tell them the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you remember that time? And I gave you that opportunity and you were ready for that opportunity. But you didn't take it. I had to send another. I had to use another way of deliverance. I had to choose someone else because you didn't accept the task that was put before you. I don't know about you, but I always stand before God on that occasion and God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
I called you to serve and you served. I gave you the opportunity and you stood firm for me when you had the chance. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather hear that than God say, Oh, I wish you would have done that. But instead, I had to use another. And there may be opportunities that God puts on our path. And they may be difficult opportunities and they may be hard opportunities. But sometimes there's one that's God prepared, that God has prepared for those opportunities. And the question you have to ask yourself is, are you the one? Because you may be the one that God wants to use. Oftentimes we want to wait on other people to be the one to step up. When all the while it is you that God has called to use. It is me that God has called to use. We may be the one. We may be the one that by our actions and things that we do and things that we say and the way that we stand up for the Lord, we may be the one that can bring changes in our church, in our household, in our jobs, in our country, in our world. Not me. What can I do? I'm just sitting here in the river Mississippi. I can't even go to church without a mask. What in the world can I do? Well, you can do whatever God calls you to do. And don't be surprised at what God may do when we are obedient to Him. All it takes is one. If we choose not to be obedient to the Lord, He'll find another. There's a world full of followers of Jesus Christ. And there will always be one who will be willing to stand for the Lord. Shouldn't it be you? Shouldn't it be me? We can be the one that has an impact for the kingdom of God. We can be the one that God could use in a mighty way to bring deliverance to many people. No, not because of anything we do, to bring that deliverance to come through Jesus Christ because we show them who Jesus Christ is and we tell them who Jesus Christ is, not just by our words, but by our actions. We can be the one that God wants to use. It could be that you are where you are, when you are, for such a time as this. Where has God placed you? What opportunities maybe have you missed? Well, I want to tell you, if you're a child of God and you're obedient, I can just about guarantee you there will be more opportunities. And you may have missed some of the past opportunities, but you don't have to miss those that are yet to come. So Mordecai told Esther, look, if you don't do it, God's going to send another, but maybe you're here. For this reason, right now, to deliver God's people, to be a voice for God's people, to be a voice for God. And Esther says, I'll do it. Go and fast for me. Tell everybody you know to fast for me, to pray for me, to get ready. I'm going to do it. My servants are going to do it. We're going to get ready. We're going to be seeking the Lord. Now, it doesn't say that there. It never says anything about God there. Boy, you can see it in there because we see that in Scripture. We see the, the speaking of prayer and of fasting and what that means to seek the Lord when making decisions. And we don't see that spelled out for us, but we can see that. We can read between the lines here because we know the rest of God's Word. And so Esther says, I'll do it. She says, I'm going to take my stand. I'm going to take my stand for my people. I'm going to take my stand for the Lord. The king has not summoned me, but I'm going to go before him. And if I perish, then I perish. If I suffer consequences, then I suffer consequences. 
Now, we need to learn from the boldness of Queen Esther here, brothers and sisters in Christ, because there are things that God is going to call us, call us to that may be a difficult thing, that may uh, result in, in, in tough consequences, but we've got to be willing to say, God, whatever you call me to do, wherever you place me, whatever you put in my path, God, whatever happens to me, I'm going to be faithful to serve you in any circumstance. And that's exactly what Queen Esther did. And so Queen Esther decided, I will go before the queen, the king. So king, Queen Esther makes that, makes that track, and she goes before the king. And would he raise his scepter out to her, letting her know that it was okay to come or not? And when the queen went before the king, it pleased the king. And he allowed her to come up and speak. And she said, King, can I make a request of you? And he said, Sure. Name it. Up to half the kingdom. It can be yours. Whatever you say. He said, She said, I'd like to have a party. I'd like to throw a banquet, and I'd like you to come, king. And I would like Haman to come. So the king agrees. Haman agrees. Boy, Haman's excited. He gets invited to this banquet with the queen. Boy, he is rising in power and rising in honor. He's the king's highest official. And now the queen is throwing this special banquet for just the king and just Haman. Whoa! Haman thinks he is, he is on his way up now. Boy, he is proud. He is excited. But he's still got that hatred for Mordecai. Because every time he walks by Mordecai, Mordecai will never show him the honor that he thinks he deserves. Haman and the king go before the queen and they have this great banquet and everything is going well. Everything is going great. Haman leaves. He is on cloud nine. How can it get any better than my rise to power, he thought. But as he left, there was Mordecai refusing to bow to him, refusing to get in line. And Haman went home. He should have just been satisfied. He should have been content. He was the king's right-hand man. He had everything he could have ever wanted. So what if Mordecai wouldn't give him the honor that he wanted? He could have been content. He had just been with the king. He had just been with the queen. What more could he want? But he wanted everybody to bow to him. Even Mordecai. He goes home. He's furious. He tells his wife. He tells his friends. What am I going to do about Mordecai? I can't stand this guy. His wife and his friend says, I'll tell you what to do. You need to build a gallows, 75 foot tall. Now, a gallows is, is some pieces of wood with a, with, a, with a rope hanging from it that's used to hang someone. And they said, make it big, make it tall. Big and tall where everybody can see. Make an example of Mordecai. 75 foot tall is tall. If you see these uh, big light poles that we see outside, it's probably about twice as tall as those. This was quite the, the, the hanging noose that they were going to make for Mordecai. Well, while Haman's coming up with this plan, the story shifts to the king. And after the party, the king is, is laying there and he cannot sleep. It says that sleep escapes him. So he calls for one of his servants and he says to his servants, Would you read to me? Would you read to me to help me be able to go to sleep? And so the servant gets the the, the history of the king's records, the record of events that have taken place in the kingdom. And he begins to read to the king. And lo and behold, would you guess what he began to read to the king? 
He began to read to the king a story about two of the king's men who planned an assassination attempt on the king. And there was one in the, in, the, uh, in the area by the name of Mordecai who had spoke up for the king so that the king's life could be saved. And the king says, this Mordecai, what was ever done for him? Did we ever honor him? The servant says, no, king. Nothing was ever done for Mordecai. So the king said, is anybody around? Is anybody nearby? And they said, well, Haman's in the courtyard. He said, well, go in there and get Haman. Come on in, Haman. The king said, Haman, listen to this. Let me ask you a question. He said, what should the king do for one that he wishes to honor? And Haman, full of pride, thought, boy, who could the king want to honor more than me? And so Haman thought for a second, and he said, I'll tell you what the king should do. The king should take one of his robes that he has worn, and he should place it on the man. The king should take that man and he should place him on the king's horse. And they should take the king's, uh, the diadem, the king's diadem as crown, and they should place it on that man's head. And one of the king's highest officials should take the king's horse and lead this man through all the town, saying, this is the man that the king desires to honor. And the king says, that sounds good. Now go and do that for Mordecai. Uh-oh. Haman was not expecting that. Haman was not happy about that. Haman was furious at what had taken place. But he goes and he does what the king has instructed him to do. And he goes home and he's telling his wife and his friends about this. And they said, this is not going to end well for you, Mordecai, or excuse me, Haman. And as they are continuing to talk about it, before they can finish their conversation, the king's men rush in and say, Haman, it's time to go. The queen desires to have another banquet for you and the king. Haman is rushed out to the banquet prepared by the queen for he and the king. And as they are eating, the queen speaks up. Queen Esther says, King, can I speak to you for a moment? And the king said, Of course. She said, King, I want you to intervene because my people, there's been a plot against my people, the Jewish people, to kill them. And I myself am a Jew king. Would you please spare my people from this plot against them for their destruction? And the king said, who would dare come up with such a, such a plan? Who would dare scheme such a thing? And Queen Esther says, it is Haman. And the king was angered. And since the king got up and he went outside to take a stroll in the palace gardens, and when he did, Haman got up and approached Queen Esther, who was reclining on the couch, and he fell down on the couch before Queen Esther, and he was begging her, would you please intervene? I can't take the king's wrath. And about that time, here comes the king back in the room, and he says, how dare you? Right in the middle of the palace, you are going to lay across my wife. Uh, you're going to do this right in front of everyone. And one of the king's men spoke up and said, king... Haman built a gallows at his house, 75 foot tall, to hang Mordecai. The king said, then go and hang Haman on that gallows. What an amazing story. What an amazing story about how God is with those who are obedient to him. And God brings justice to those who plan evil. Now the story doesn't stop there. But I'll tell you, it has a good ending. That the Jewish people and Mordecai and Esther all find favor with the king. And all works out well. That God blesses Mordecai and Esther and the Jewish people and God delivers them. 
And God brings punishment and justice to Haman. Now we still serve the same God today who desires to be with his people and deliver his people. We still serve the same God today who is not going to let injustice go unpunished. When the time comes, God is going to deal with everything in the way it needs to be dealt with. But until that time comes, we as brothers and sisters in Christ must be willing to stand up for the Lord. We must learn from the example of Esther and say, okay, are there times and opportunities that God has placed in my life? Are there ways that God may want to use me? Am I the one that God has placed in my situation? At my church, at my job, at my school, amongst my friends, amongst my family, am I the one that God wants to use? Am I the one that God has called? Now, if you choose not to listen to God and let Him use you, He can bring deliverance from another place, from another person. He can use someone else. But I don't want us to be the ones who let the Lord down. I want us to be the ones that say, God, here I am. Send me. God, I'm ready to be used by you. God, even though it may be difficult, whatever happens to me, God, let me be ready to do what you've called me to do. I don't know what's going on in your life. But there may be opportunities that God has put in front of you. He wants to use you. And whatever He calls us to, we can do it. Because He gives us the strength to do it. Because we have one who God sent, the example that we follow, who was successful in everything that God called Him to do, who was obedient in everything that God called Him to do, who was with Him in everything that God called Him to do. And that one that God sent was Jesus Christ. He was the one, the Son of God, the one that God had chosen to be the salvation of the world for all who will put their faith in Him. And what if Jesus would have said no? I'm not going to be here. What if Jesus would have said no? They're not worth dying for. They are sinful human beings that are full of sin and anger and rage and bitterness. And they are foolish. And they're going to they're gonna pray to me one day and then they're going to be disobedient the next day. What if Jesus would have said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to die for it. Thank the Lord we don't have to worry about that. Because he did it. Because he was the one that God had chosen. And he was the one who was faithful and obedient to death on the cross. And he is the one whose example that we follow. So that we can live like him and be like him and serve like him get the strength that he has by coming to him and putting our faith and trust in him and saying, Lord Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to live like you. I'm going to come to you when I don't have the strength to carry on. When I am weak, you are strong. Lord Jesus, be with me. Lord Jesus, help me. Lord Jesus, let me look at you. Lord Jesus, help me to be the one that you want me to be. Whatever situations you may come up against, whatever opportunities God puts in your path, know that you may be the one that God wants to use. And if He chooses you, He 
thank you for these good words. We thank you for the story of Esther. And I pray that we can learn from her example. God, I pray that you would help us to be willing to uh, stand up for you whenever we have the opportunity. God, you, you place us where you place us, when you place us, so we can be faithful to serve you. And I pray that when you do call us to serve, that we are obedient to do so. I thank you for each one that's in this place. And I pray that they all know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Maybe there's one that has never trusted in Jesus. God, I pray that this morning they would know that He is the one and only Savior of the world, your one and only Son. And forgiveness and salvation comes from no other but through Him. And I pray that they will repent of their sin and they will put their faith and trust in Jesus this morning. God, I pray that you be with us as we go into the world, that we don't miss opportunities you place in our path, that we don't try to kind of talk ourselves out of those things because they may look scary. Pray to you that we seek you, that we trust you, and that we stand up for you, dear Lord, to know that we may be the one that you have called on and chosen to carry out your will and to build your kings. And I pray that in all we do, that you will receive the glory, and Jesus Christ will be glorified. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Liberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.